Hello, welcome to Betch Slapped. I'm Sammy. And I'm Jordana. And um, it is another week of Betch Slapped. Yeah. <laughs> another week, another... Another day, another an- week, another episode. Yes. Let's start with our favorite topic. Did you watch Vanderpump last night? Of course I watched Vanderpump. Me too. Um, it's... It's the show that keeps on giving. Yeah. Although last night's episode wasn't like that interesting. Um, I liked the, I liked like Stassi's meltdown. Um, I figured that was something that we could like come here and analyze. <laughs> of course. Um, that was probably Stassi, the best part right. of the episode. Well, Stassi's meltdown comes from, I think. Adderall. Right. The combination of Adderall. I, the times that I overreact the most, I think is the times that I've, I've taken Adderall and drank. Cause you yeah. get like, you're both like super wired and like and drunk fucked up which is like not a good combination like usually if i just drink i'm like sleeping yeah um i i think it all stems from the fact that patrick like went away blocked her the whole time and then basically when he came to her party was like i i don't like this was better for me like this is how it is and he was just being really like non-committal and like not giving a shit about her also evidence from the fact that he basically told Katie that he doesn't care if she sleeps with someone else, but only if she dates someone else. I think like in when they're in during their breakup. Okay. But like, I actually, I didn't think that was that bad only because I think that if I had like a breakup, my boyfriend, I would prefer him to like, I would prefer, I mean, like if you're assuming if you're broken up, like they're going to do stuff and I'd rather them like him, like sleep with other people than like, date someone else right i think everyone would rather that but the way he says it it sounds like a sign of emotional abuse that what that the way just like the way he is it seems like he doesn't like like oh yeah like I he mean, blocked he her he just seems like he doesn't really give a shit about her yeah like he she wants something more serious obviously he doesn't and he basically Why did he block her because he didn't want her knowing what what he was doing like i thought I it was don't know. she said like i'm gonna go date someone else or something and then i don't know either way it seems like both of them are want- not I wonder why he suddenly agreed to be on the show. Yeah. Another question. I don't know. But do you remember a year ago from tomorrow, Valentine's Day, we were recording a podcast episode with Stassi? Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. Well, hey, Stassi. Here we are a year later. Yeah. And, and um, Stassi's still in the same place. Yeah. Pretty Katie's much. Katie's married. She was on the podcast last week. As you guys have all heard, she seems pretty chill these days yeah i listened to it her voice was very very soft soft. i don't even know how she like maybe she took a few xanax who knows maybe but um yeah i mean it was very it was very obvious that stassi was not like mad about the party she was just mad about patrick yeah i mean i'd be mad too if like it was my birthday party and my boyfriend like didn't really care came kind of late like wasn't really talking to me yeah i think i would care either way but i think if if, like especially if you're drinking and all hyped up like it would really i think it would really affect you and she was obviously taking it out on katie right but like clearly she wasn't really mad at katie right she was mad at patrick um yeah they just get more responsible and everything every day she's probably also mad at herself that she's become this person who's like staying with this guy who like doesn't treat her right when like she's always kind of been the person the to powerful like one be the more powerful one i also felt that it was like sort of bad for the image she's clearly trying to craft for herself which is that she's like this responsible person who wants to become like a party planner and well, she posts her like outfit of the days on instagram every day and she wants to like i think kind of be taken seriously i think this meltdown may well yeah i think at she least was doing she was doing really well like last week when she didn't bring up the the podcast drama with anyone like yeah. that's like very season one. She would definitely have like started a thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was like actually kind of impressive that she was like, I'm not talking about this now. Right. Well, 
personal progress is a slow process. Yeah. So she and she and um, Ariana Ariana both had these like crazy birthday parties for very important milestones. Stassi turned twenty nine, and <laughs> and Kate and uh, Ariana turned thirty two. Yeah. So you know they're they're um, major birthdays. You only they only turn those birthdays once. Huge milestones, <laughs> um, and they always have these like crazy fucking like theme parties. And who's paying for them? Because these people don't have any money. My guess is there is that that in their situation, Bravo is paying for them, but it could also be like, let's say they were paying for them. Right. Like those parties look like they might be more expensive than Katie's wedding. Yeah. Because they're at like fancy places. There's like all this weird, like decor. Right, you have to like rent those places out. I'm sure they're open bar. Right. Right. I have a feel, I have a feeling in their situation, Bravo paid, but like if Bravo didn't pay, I still think they'd do it. So why didn't Bravo pay for Katie's wedding then? Because it's a wedding and this is like an, a, a filming. They would, they, they I mean, I guess the wedding, wedding is filming. Saying. I feel like they I like, know. I don't, I wonder like, if they paid for it. I don't know. I feel like the Vanderpump Rules cast, any money they make, they, they could all be like wealthy by now or not wealthy, but they could have some stuff saved up. But I feel like they just spend it all on like lip fillers and like new bags. <laughs> I think like that's a very LA thing. Like, yeah. It's all about like appearing. That's why I don't like LA because I think it's like a very superficial thing where everything's about like kind of the appearance of things and there's like very little substance underneath most of the things there. Right. Well, I think this is what a lot of people do of our like... I don't know a lot of people we know or whatever do where it's basically like if you have like money in the bank to like cover the expense you don't think you think you can that means that you can afford, afford it, it right where it really doesn't mean that so you spend things to like make yourself feel and look more wealthy but ultimately in that process you're subtly bankrupting yourself over time right it's kind of crazy like how the things I think I've learned as an adult is that they don't properly prepare you for like the two major things that, that no one really gives you like proper schooling on are how to personally manage your money mm-hmm. and um, like sex ed. Yeah. <laughs> well, Those are, you don't think we got like good sex ed? No, I think it's like very, it was almost like very like clinical. Well, like, I think we went, it wasn't, like, it didn't really get into like the nuances of dating in like an accurate way or like even like the, even like the good parts of dating. Like they only really went into like the bad things, but like the thing, I think like the emotional aspects of dating. Right. Oh, definitely. Well, I mean, so just in terms of like, just to give the background for this podcast, we went to one of the most, like I would say progressive high schools in long Island. Like there was a condom bowl where you could just take any amount of condoms you wanted. So like we were pretty like well-educated as far as like the spectrum of sex ed goes. Yeah. I mean, I knew about like that. Oh, there are all these like STDs existed and like, right. Like, but how, how you have sex in general. Yeah. Like they didn't, what a penis looks like. Sure. Right. Well, I think they just didn't, I guess this is the same with the money is that they don't really teach you how to like, they teach you about the bad choices, but they don't teach you how to make smart choices. They just kind of like teach you what could go wrong, but not like what you should do in order. Like what's the opposite of the bad thing or really like anything relatively like nuanced about like, yeah situations which i understand is harder it's harder to teach nuance it's easier to teach facts right but like i don't know like i don't think there's any like i think that you should know what a 401k is like in your in your education i agree well i think the idea is that at least with this and sex ed is that your parents would teach you those things but i think that like that's not really the case for many people even people whose parents have money don't necessarily like educate them properly because they will maybe even like take care of it for their kids Right. Should we just get into our main yeah, topic? Yeah, let's get into our okay. main topic today, which is money. Yeah. A topic we love to talk about, personally. Well, it's funny because I feel like money is a very taboo topic. Um, people share, like, very intimate details of their lives, like, 
in many places you know like they'll share like who they're dating their heartbreak things like that but like it's so taboo just to talk about money like you can't talk about that but you can talk about like yeah so many more intimate things well as with all topics it's very shunned in like society to like discuss about discuss money right well as with all taboo topics we're gonna talk about it we are and it's like it's funny because especially like with dating it's like you're supposed to like is it like you're supposed to know right you're supposed to ask about money but it's the most comfortable uncomfortable thing to really talk about right and who do you ask how do you know that you're asking someone who's actually giving you good advice like like not everyone i would say most people just looking at sort of like the the economics of like the country like most people don't have parents who i think could educate their kids about money at least not in like the current climate early or whatever and i think that that ultimately results in people most people we know living paycheck to paycheck yeah I which is sad i definitely think there's well now it's also easier to like flaunt your money like without having to see someone you can flaunt it through a picture on social media mm-hmm. so there's more like there's more of an attraction to spending money you don't have because more people can now like see it and like think things about you think you're you're like you're richer than you are whereas right. before it was like in order for someone to kind of observe your wealth they had to like be with you right and i think that it also became more uh, or less taboo to flaunt your wealth like like people right. don't get called out for being like immodest about their wealth so much like it's really it's more like respected like that's why you have not even respected but that's why you have the real housewives shows and all these shows about like really wealthy people the fabulous life of well there's always those debates also that people look at their money differently new money versus old money right like old money doesn't flaunt their money really right it's almost it's funny because it's like it kind of can relate to anything if you think about like dating like like old relate like old secure relationships don't like really need to like be flaunting them but like new like insecure relationships really like do it's kind of like new like insecure money has to flaunt itself to prove to prove to the world that it's there and like old money like if you're you know what i mean like if you're warren buffett i'm sure warren buffett isn't putting a picture up of like himself at like a five-star star resort no or like on like it doesn't he doesn't need to be it doesn't need to be said yeah of course right because he's warren buffett okay right. let's like okay so I know maybe a few people who you could consider old money, but not that many. Most right. people, most we know, people don't know anyone. Who can yeah, like real yeah. old money. But right. I mean, there's there's varying degrees. Obviously, I would say most people we know who we like observe and interact with on a daily basis are, if they have any money at all, which most people don't, they're they have their new money, right? Um, but yeah, I think that like one of like the weirdest things is that like we now live in this culture where you see everyone spending and like. You, you sort of like know that there's just no way that they can afford what they're doing. You know? Right. Like, like I know what things cost and like <laughs> how much I make and like how much this is like either above or below my paycheck. And like, I know how much I would need to cover like X, Y, and Z more things. And I just, I, you can see based on what people share on social media, like what they're doing. And you can just like very easily like see that like, either people are like going into debt or they're saving zero money or they're getting help from their parents. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, like also I think it's a really important thing to note, especially for anyone who's listening that like young single women don't nest, don't really know what to do with their money. And a lot of them have it. If they do have any money, it's all sitting in their checking account. If they are not spending it, it's sitting in their checking account. It's gaining no interest 
Yeah. And like men at much faster and higher rates are investing their money, um, which is really the smart thing to do because it, it, it helps it like, you know, it has the interest rates are just much higher and it's like a thing that is very boring. I think it's not very sexy. So no one really likes to talk about it. It's much more like exciting to like see it in your bank account or like spend it on a new bag or like a vacation or something like right. that's much more exciting than like, yeah, I'm like being fiscally responsible. Right. Um, is like kind of boring. So how do you like feel about money? Just like personally, I've had a very, um, like weird relationship with money, I think throughout my life. So my mom always was like the main breadwinner in my family, but she was also kind of manipulative with it. So she would use money to kind of control like what we did or like, or if she didn't like want, it was mostly like in my parents' divorce, well, she would have the money and like, she kind of used that as like a power thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, money has always been equated with like power and like security and like having money meant that I was no longer under her wing. So I'm like, I'm actually very, I think more than the average person, a little bit more into like saving and like wisely, like keeping it just cause I always have a fear of like, I have to move back home. And like my mom's going to like only right. pay for like shit. If she, if, if I do what she says. Right. I mean, I think something that I've learned like throughout like adult life, like the time that I've had my own money is that like the way you are and feel about what you have and what you spend is so much more emotional. It's sort of like eating where it's like much more emotional than it is like a logical thing. And like, I, I grew up like I had money, but it was mostly for my grandparents and like, like my parents always were very like, I'm, they're going to hate me for like sharing this. So like I always felt very insecure about money because of my parents and the way they spoke about it. They would fight about it. Right. And they're but, just, but it's yeah. fun. And we were just talking about couples. Like that's like the number one thing that couples fight about. And like no one like really tells you that. Yeah. Right. Right. No one tells you that it's sort of like you have to like figure it out with your significant other at whatever time is like appropriate. Like that you're going to have to like observe and like, and observe how they spend money and then think about like, does, is this compatible? Can this work with the way I spend money? Like, how do we work this out? And And also people have differing, different views about like how much money they want or they need, or like how much is a priority for them. Right. Well, I think everyone generally feels like they want more, but I think what becomes like a, a question is like, how much are we saving? How much of this is my money versus what's yours? like assuming there's two people Mm -hmm. making money, how much are you, you know, what's worth spending on? Do we want to spend it on vacations or do we want to spend it on like private school tuition? Like there's all, there's like all these questions that I think that like, I feel like most people we know, I could not even imagine them like approaching that answer. Cause it's like, so it's so much like bigger than like, Oh, should I, can I afford to go like to this like expensive sushi restaurant? Right. Well, I think that's why it's so important to live with someone before you marry them because it forced forces you to make like a lot more of those decisions together. Yeah. And like, you're basically under one. It's like everything that moves you towards being like one unit Mm -hmm. is like helpful for kind of figuring out if you can be with someone for the long haul. Right. And it's not something that I think like you should really even like do overnight. Like, it's not like, Oh, you should like, be dating and then like move in and get married and and combine your finances all at once like you should probably combine your finances like sooner like if you live together right that i'm sure leads to some sort of like combination where you're like both contributing to rent and then later on it becomes about like more complicated things like you probably have more money you might have investments you might have like you're gonna have kids and like have to figure out how to spend on them and like all that stuff and it's just very I don't feel like we're being trained by like our culture 
to be really thoughtful about that at this point to be thought yeah thoughtful about money yeah i mean obviously it's in everyone it's in almost every business or like company or even government's benefit that we just keep spending right maybe not for like student debt purposes or like the government for that way but like that what that's what moves the economy there's no there's no like commercials for like at home remedies or like you know what i mean or like like people just try to sell you so much shit that you don't want that they try to convince you is going to make you happy. Right. But again, that goes to the idea that it's like, okay, like, yeah, you can literally afford it. Like your balance won't be zero if you buy that like $300 pair of shoes, Right. but you can't actually afford it. And I think that that's what people don't like, don't learn. Like that's the thing that they should teach you in school. Like mm-hmm. just because there is literally a dollar amount in your bank account that can cover this expense does not mean that you can afford something. Right. Or that you should, or that you should buy it. Right. Just cause you can. Right. Doesn't mean you should. As an, as I would say like, I'm more of like a reformed impulse shopper, like growing up, I don't think I really understood like what a dollar meant and that like that how much more valuable like saving was in comparison to spending. But like, that's something that I've tried to develop like in my later in the past, like few years. Do you ever have a shopping addiction? I think or I a do have spending ha- addiction. I think I not the kind that like bankrupted me, but like obviously, but I, I do feel like I have somewhat of a spending addiction and I, not that I like have it now because I feel like I have it under control, but I feel the feeling that people who have it have like, it's sort of like I can go like m- a month without buying a single thing. Mm-hmm. And then when I buy something, I like want to buy more immediately. Cause I'm like, that felt like so good to just buy. And that's like, I think where people kind of get carried away they're like oh if i just like spend like I'll, I'll like you feel really like oh i got this thing i can now feel like wealthy i can feel whatever right. way but and you want more of that but like you actually can't afford to probably have even made the first purchase well it's funny because um so Brene brown which you you told me about this book she talks about like vulnerability and she talks about like people kind of distracting themselves to not feel vulnerable and they do this by like numbing out. One of the ways you can do that, you can do it through anything. You can do it through like drugs or you can do it through like watching TV or you can do it through spending where it's like the way to decide if it's like something for comfort or like for fun versus a numbing out thing is like, can you do it? Like if you, if you shop for something that you've been thinking about for a really long time and like you, you get it and like you feel good and it's like helpful for you, then that's like fine. That's comfort, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But if you're like buying shit mindlessly without like even thinking about it, just to get like a little like zing, jolt. Yeah. yeah. And that's like numbing out. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I would say that in the past, like two or three years, it was like the first time in my life, which I ever, I grew up with my parents telling me, make a budget, learn how to do that. But no one ever showed me how to do that. No one right. ever like explained the way you actually do that. And like, for that reason, I was never able to like look at a budget in like a, a long-term sense. It was like, oh, this month I can spend this amount. But like, if you don't look at it sort of as like a long-term way, which I just basically taught myself how to do in the past like year or two, like figured out how to actually like budget and right, like- and save. And save. Like it's, it's very difficult. If you don't have someone to show you or like if you don't figure it out yourself, it's really hard. And like, I'm saying this as someone who like is in a pretty good financial situation. Like I don't, like I'm not- trying to like pay back student loans or anything like I you mm-hmm. know what I mean it's it's not like that it's just like you just don't know how to do it unless like and it's not like there's like this time for learning curve like for a learning curve like your learning curve is basically you accumulating debt which is very expensive right and it just like 
really come back to haunt you. Yeah. Well, that's also like, it's really the difference between like uh, your income and your wealth. So like there's, there's a big difference and income is like the amount of money that you're making like every year. And that's like, that could be like high or low or depending on that. Like if you're an athlete, it's often very like high, let's say, Mm -hmm. or at least for the years that you're, that you're working or that you're working or if you're a model, let's say. Mm -hmm. So if you're like, so there's like models who could like get money and they spend it. Um, and then there's models who like save it to create wealth, which is wealth is really like your overall net worth. Right. And that's really the more important number where most people think of like income is your most more important number, but wealth is really like what you want. Cause that's like almost like what you, your fallback is. That's like, right. That's your safety net. Right. Like income won't cover an emergency. Like let's say you have an emergency, huge health bill or some, something. I learned this. I actually learned this from getting a dog and like having to pay sometimes cr- he, like I would have spent $10,000 in my, in my first year of, getting him if I didn't have health insurance for him which I happen to have but still there were costs and that like gave me so many unintended and unexpected expenses that like really did hurt me financially and like I wasn't prepared for that and like I saw that like having income just because you like have money there doesn't mean that you like should be spending it all like if you're but if you're creating like if you're putting it away and creating wealth you'll be able to cover like a real life and you ride out some sort of bad situation that might happen. Right. Money, I think for me has always been a little bit about security. Same. So the more, the less you're spending and the more you're saving, the more secure you are. So I know you're not a very spendy kind of person, at least not the way like, you know, I could be right. I think again, it's all relative right. like, compared I, to some people. Right. I probably am right. Well, Jordana pays her credit card bill every day. <laughs> <laughs> every time I see it, which is like every week. I honestly like, like have thought about starting to do that. I, I actually, okay. I think it's like a little bit compulsive. I, it is like, a little, it's like a little bit of a compulsion in itself. I agree with that. But I do think that like staying on top of it and like, I like, you know, all those memes that are like, I just don't look at my bank account. Like that is literally like one of the worst things you could do. Just right. not looking at your bank account. Like, I, it feels really good now. You don't yeah. feel like shit now, but you will feel like shit later. Yeah. I don't like missing deadlines. I don't like going over anything. I'm like, I kind of like rules, which is weird. I'm like, kind of, I'm into that. I think you just think you like rules. I like certain rules. You like self-imposed rules. I like self-imposed rules. Yes, yeah. That I make myself. Yeah. yeah. Well, what do you, th- okay. So you don't spend a lot, but what do you think is worth spending on? Experiences. Same. I think experiences are like the, are the most important thing because that's like that really I think determines your happiness much more than than like things Agreed. which are just there and Agreed. like it feels good to buy them because you have them but then it's like I think every day you care less about them than you did the day that you bought them whereas like an experience is like an emotional thing right that you can really connect with and really like enjoy well I will say that like like I've been saying like I've been working on my own spending habits and my own like saving and budgeting and trying to like figure out how to like rule my life financially basically because this is new to me like fairly and that is something that I've like changed in the way I spend is that I used to like love to just buy stuff like I have to just get this thing like and that's what I mean when I say it's like that feeling of like a spending addiction Mm -hmm. like I just have to get this thing now I'm more likely to like spend money on experiences or doing something because it like feeds you emotionally in a way that like getting a new pair of shoes just like can't right or if i am spending money on things they're like utility things same so like yeah i need it like i need a new bag right so it's like i could there's like a there's essentially like in the market there's if i'd say i want a nice black 
leather bag, mm-hmm. right? So I could get that bag for $3,000 or I could get that bag for $200. Yeah. It's essentially the same bag, but one says a, Celine. a nice, yeah, one says Celine. Yeah. And one says like nothing. Rebe- Rebecca nothing Minkoff. Or Rebecca Minkoff. Yeah. Right. And those things are going to bring me that they look really similar. The only people who give a shit about what the brand name is are not me. And snobby bitches. Right. They're other people. And like, I don't really care about being judged on that. So I'll buy the, like, I want the, I think the, there is value in the bet in both bags. Right. But there's this, I, for me, it's this, there's obvious, there's a difference in the value between a $15 bag and a $250 bag. I don't see the difference in value, like in utility in a $250 bag to a $3,000 bag. Right. I get it. And, okay. and I'm not really, I'm not one, and I've had this debate between, with people, I'm not one who like necessarily really appreciates fine craftsmanship, like the yeah. real details of craftsmanship. And if I was, maybe that would be like a higher value spend for me but because i'm much more like utility based when it comes to like things like fashion obviously i want it to look good but Mm -hmm. i think the marginal difference is not worth the large price right well something i will say about i i will buy like expensive things not frequently but like i will get like a nice like i don't have a celine bag but i have like a saint laurent (laughs) bag which is kind of similar for this conversation Mm -hmm. so i have that bag and like i'm happy i bought it like Cause now I'll have it forever. Right. But I think that there's sort of like a way you feel when you're buying something that, you know, you're going to like really value forever. Like I plan to use that bag till I'm like, I don't know. I could use it till I'm 60. I could give it to my daughter. Like it's, it's, it's not going to like go out of style. Right. And so I really value that purchase, but it come when it comes to like that purchase that you're like not sure about, but you kind of like throw in to make yourself feel good to feed that like numbing thing that right. those are the wrong purchases. And another thing that I've worked on is like actually focusing on buying things when I do buy things that will actually last and like looking into my purchases more, like right. not just like, Oh, I have this money. Let me like, like, and I want black boots. Let me just like buy a random pair of black boots. Like, well, that's what I'm I'll saying. look into it more and try to find something that I know I'll be happy with. Right. Higher quality things are more expensive and there is a certain markup for that. But then there's like an additional markup for like it being associated with a brand name. Yeah. I mean, I'll never forget the way I felt when I bought, I bought like the Louis Vuitton never full bag like three years ago. Yeah. And I wore like a red coat the day, I, like the day after I bought it. And I noticed like, like, then like hours later that there was like all this red on the bag and it was like whatever i call the store i'm like why is there like suddenly like red marks all over all over the bag they're like oh it's just color transfer like this is like a normal thing that happens i'm like okay well like now why why didn't you tell me that like right. and this bag which is supposed to be like a nice very nice bag is completely ruined or it's not ruined. I still use it every day, but like, (laughs) but it, I, whatever I had to like really like work on it. Like I like scrubbed it clean with like magic eraser or something. But like, I was so angry when I saw that like this thing that seemed really like expensive and valuable to me was just like another random piece of shit. (laughs) Like it was really disappointing. And I, I think that was like another big lesson for me in like how to look at money and like acquiring things. Right. I mean, yeah, high qual something that's high quality, I think is worth, maybe you're saying that bag isn't necessarily as high quality as you would have. I'm saying that it's bullshit that that happened. I think (laughs) most designer things, and this is just my opinion. I understand people who like are very into like nice designer things. Like I get that. Um, I, I don't know. I don't really get it. There's nothing like in me. That's like, I need that, that, that it's like, I, I understand paying for like, um, like 
a Lexus over a Toyota Camry, right? Right. Because it's like one is just a much better experience. Right. Daily. Right. right. <laughs> um, but I don't really get like the difference between like a Lexus and a Rolls Royce because like a Rolls Royce is like a less is like a lower functioning car. Right. Well, I well, okay. I don't know anything about cars, right. but I I get it. I think that I think that something that you don't have that a lot of people have is that is this feeling. And again, this is why I think people acquire like get spending addictions is that there's this sort of rush that people get when they acquire something like for, for a lot of people, I feel that it's not so much about the object, but it's about the feeling of acquisition. The way it makes you feel. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like this, like, I'm sure if you like watched a brain scan of someone who's like an addictive shopper, like going and like swiping their credit card, they would have this like spike of like adrenaline around like getting the thing. And it would just like slowly, like you were saying, like slowly start to taper off and they would like the thing less and less every single day. But what's messed up is that, you, that that's happening to you but at the same time you're completely screwing over your like future self financially right and as that's any, what i think people don't re- right yeah. and that's what i think people don't realize i have about like the this. opposite thing with money the more money i spend the more anxious i get so it gives me like i'm like nothing nothing gets me as excited as like a deal and same I'm like i'm like <laughs> it's a jewish thing probably yeah. right um you're listening to, <laughs> to two to jews two talking girls, about yeah. money yeah um, no, I mean, it's, it's true. I get very anxious whenever I get that, that swiping thing. It's the opposite. But I was watching a show the other day and this woman was talking about like the character in the show. What show? Six Feet Under. Okay. Um, but there's an early episode where the mom like goes to the racetrack and she's betting and she winds up losing like $25,000 and she's yeah. like, well, I was up $9,000 and I like, I felt so good. I felt so alive. Like I meant something like I mm-hmm. was like important. Like I was like, yeah. I was alive. Right. Yeah. She goes, and then, um, and then I lost a little bit and that she goes, or I, I kept going and that feeling kind of like diminished. Mm-hmm. So I had to keep going. Yeah. I have to keep betting. That's how casinos work. Right. I had to keep betting. Cause I, I think it's how spending works too. It's like I, that feeling started to diminish and then I'm like, Oh, I want to get that feeling again. So like, let me bet more. Yeah. And that's how you wind up in the hole. Yeah. I've, I've been that person. I felt that way, but now in my life, I'm in a place where I feel much better walking away with $9,000 up like that right. sort of feeling where I just feel like I don't want like I like I it's it's so much worse to me to feel like I'm like, okay, like p- think about like, think about all these people who go on like all these crazy vacations, like there's no way you can afford that your salary is probably $50,000 a year, you can't go on three vacations a year, like you just cannot unless your right. parents are paying. So you see that and you're like, they what what I feel like that person feels like they're getting, they're like, Oh, it's on Instagram. Everyone thinks I look really rich. Like I look well-traveled and I look like I can afford it. So that I guess to those people plays pays really good. Kind of like the nice bags. It is just, that is what it's like. Okay. So it pays like, let's say like three year short term dividends where you have like, you know, your Instagram feed is really great, but then you're going to like move in with your boyfriend and he's going to be like, what the fuck like we can't afford to live the way you live and then you're gonna like be screwed pretty much right i mean kids are like their own crazy expense expensive thing like frightening on its own yeah and then you have to like and then think about like how much your attitude towards money is affecting your kids in subtle ways like if you're fighting about money your kids are always going to feel bad about money if you're if you are like super like spendy and you just will give your kids whatever they don't learn that you can't just do that right so it's like it's almost i feel like for the sake of like your kids financial future good to get your own like psychology in check when it comes to money 
so that you don't pass that on. Right. I think the best way to like forget like any kind of parenting techniques, the best way to to like be a good parent is to just like be a good person or like, mm-hmm. or like the best way to teach your kids about money is to just like be good with money yourself. Yeah. And you don't have to like, people just like see that. Like if you live with someone, you grow up with them. Like that's just how you see it. That's like the view that's ingrained in your head. Yeah, it's true. I wish my parents had taught me more about money. Sad. Um, yeah. I wish it was like, I actually wish that I like heard less about money growing up. I wish I heard less about it in a negative way and more about it in a constructive way. Like this is how we like make a budget and then we like allocate it to this and this and this and like you can't go over it. My my view about money was always like I'm making the money. So like I'm making the rules Mm -hmm. and like it's not a discussion because like if you don't like it, then like you can eat shit. Do you worry that you're going to become that? I have a little bit of that, those tendencies inside me and I'm working with my therapist to um, (laughs) like iron those out. Um, Yeah, I think that that's like a scary way of viewing it. I think it makes you, it it kind of makes your your go-to to be like manipulative about money. Right. And I don't like that about myself. I think that my views about money, especially in relationships can be like, kind of messed up or like I don't think about it in like the same way because I don't think about it as like a mutual like work towards a goal I think of like this is my money and it's like not yours right right (laughs) yeah right so what do you think what do you think like a healthy yeah you totally do think that way what do you think like a healthy (laughs) what do you think a healthy relationship with money looks like like, um, I'm not saying that you have right. to describe your own. I'm saying yeah. like, it, I, what mean, would I don't it think look I have like? it all figured out in terms of like what the healthiest way to view it is. But um, I think, I think I, like working for your money as long as like if you're doing that and you're staying within your budget and like, bo- I think you're staying in a relationship. I'm saying like in general, like how do you think, like if you could pick the way that you related to money, like the way you felt about it, how would you feel? I would hope that I could, I could have, a number I would love to not have to worry about money or not have to think about money that's like my money goal right but I think that I think that ultimately it's like I know that we think like I know we both think this that like if we just get this amount in the bank like we'll be we'll be safe right. but I think that that is not real like that movie you were telling me about right. it's with, called all the money in the world yeah just um, yeah go right. through a quick go synopsis. check it out basically like the the grandfather is is JP Getty who like basically the oil tycoon, like all the Getty gas stations, Getty images, uh, right. The Getty images is his son. One of them okay. started that. So same family, yeah. but he was like essentially at one point, the wealthiest man in the world. And one of his grandsons gets kidnapped and they hold him, they hold him ransom for like $18 million. And he's like, I'm not paying. And they're like, well, how much would you pay? And he's like, nothing. Um, because one, one was because like, oh, I have 14 other grandkids and like, I don't want people just like taking them and thinking like, I'm just going to pay them all. Right. And two was, he was like, he was just like a very, very cheap guy. He had like a, he had like a phone booth in his house so that no one like asked to use his telephone. That's Um, bizarre. Yeah. And he's like literally the wealthiest guy in the world. And at one point, Mark Wahlberg's character goes up to him and he's like, the son. Yeah, because he's like he's because well, he's like I can't pay it like because they they basically cut off the kid's ear. I don't want to spoil anything. But they cut off the kid's ear oh and they send God. it to him and like they're gonna like kill him if he doesn't like, give do money, it, whatever. And he's like, well, like you need to like we need to give something, whatever. And he's like, I can't like the markets are down. Like I can't spend this money. I'm not gonna be safe. And he's like, well, how much money would you have to make? How much money is it gonna take for you to feel safe? Right. And he's like, I don't know more. Like, right. More. <laughs> right. So what I'm saying is like that guy's relationship with money is, is bad no matter right. how much he had. Yeah, he has the most, he was like the wealthiest man. Right. And I'm sure he would have had some friends who would have lent him something if he went bankrupt. <laughs> but 
Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying is that like even someone like who has thing. a lot. Yeah, sometimes it can turn into a power thing just like anything else, right. right? Which is very unhealthy. And I think that I lean a little bit in that direction of like thinking about money as like a a little bit of like a weapon. Right. Not about what it is, not like as a means to like sustain yourself. Right. I don't think that's a right. healthy way to think right. about it. And I'm yeah. working on that. If If I could change the way I or if I could like pick the way I feel I would want to feel like happy with what I have first of all second of all is I would obviously want to work and feel like I earned what I had and third would be that I wouldn't want to feel like I was using it as a weapon whether to like soothe myself like to numb myself through shopping or to like hold on to it because I feel like I need to like hoard it right and I feel like finding that like happy medium where you feel like everything is sort of like imbalanced and you feel like safe without like constantly needing more in order to feel safe like I feel like that's the place I would like like to get to and not feel like I need to like you know I don't feel like this way now but that you need to like spend and show what you have in order to validate yourself right basically yeah for me it's like it's not even a, it's not really an external thing it's like an intern like do you know what I mean it's not about how other people view right. the amount of money I have right my issue with it is like my own view about how right. much I, I also I'm, I'm with you on that completely like I don't really I don't really want anyone to think about the amount of money I have like I'd rather just that not be a thought in anyone's mind right. but I say that more as like because that's the kind of like the culture we live in like especially on instagram where it's like everyone else is thinking that way like it oh, is but i got this reservation better to be like above it kind right of. but not when it's not when you're just kind of like feeling insecure inside you know right well like i guess the idea is to not i don't know that's not it's but be- i yeah. would say it's better to be in your position and you feel like you want to hold on to it because you'll ultimately end up with more than someone who's like right. i want everyone it might to not see be the best mentally but it's i mean they're both negative they're mentally, both bad right, right. yeah so- i know i think i think the other way the flaunting way is actually worse than your way because they're also messed up mentally they just don't know it yet <laughs> right they're losing it yeah that's why and they're losing it okay right. games would you rather your kids literally have to nev- never have to worry about money um or work for anything in their lives or struggle to pay for every single thing once they're like working. Does it, does that mean forever? Like they always have to struggle forever. Mm -hmm. That's hard. I would probably prefer that they don't have to worry about anything because I would not. Okay. If you told me, Oh, they have to struggle for like a while and then they'll make it. I would pick that because that's like a good lesson. Mm -hmm. But if they're never going to make it, I'd rather they just are okay. I don't know. I think I prefer the struggle. I think they're going to turn into like shittier people if they never have to struggle. People who have to struggle also turn into shitty people because of their struggle and they screw their own kids up. You think? Yeah. I don't know. Speaking from experience. (laughs) I feel like a struggle at least makes you more interesting. It does, but it's it. But in this, would you rather? It's not like that. That struggle ever materializes into something good. I don't know. They're both like very negative uh, ends of the spectrum. I think it's very dangerous to give people like whatever they want. Yeah, but I think it people when they don't have anything and they can't make it, they also turn. It, that also is very harmful. Right. I guess for them. like uh, the struggle is also relative. Is it like they're making like below a certain amount of money a year, but they're just like figuring out a way to live on that? That's fine. If they just like live modestly, yeah, yeah, living modestly is. I prefer living modestly rather than having like everything they want. But I wouldn't want my kids to be like struggling to put food on the table level. Right. Yeah, I guess it. Yeah, in those two scenarios, I think they're almost probably equally bad. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
would you rather do something you're obsessed with and make 25,000 a year or do something you hate and make $5 million a year? I think the $5 million just because I would work for like a little while at that and then I would just not work again. I'm with you. Um, also, because, those years sound like kind of miz. Okay. What if it's like, what if it's eternal? Like you always are doing one or the other. Then the 25,000 because I'm not, I don't picture myself being happy. Yeah. Right. It's like what, like money does not make you happy. Well, that's the thing to like really just well, understand. Actually, money does make you happier up to making $70,000 a year. Oh, so you have a lot of wiggle room here. <laughs> yeah. It's, no, I mean, it's $70,000 in what there's, market? There's studies that I think average, whatever. Okay. Um, there's studies that say like money, actually having more money actually does improve your happiness, but it like there's a, there's a peak point after which if you have more money, it doesn't actually help. I'm pretty sure that number is $70,000. Um, it is. Yeah, I remember that and learning that like years ago. Right. So, I mean, I think this in the 25K, I'm having other issues like that right. are probably related to money. Right. But um, at least you get to be happy eight hours a day. Here's the thing. Well, I'm doing it. Here's right. the thing. Doing something you're obsessed with. Like I'm obsessed with what we do, but like I'd still rather like stay home. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like even when you're doing well, something like you're obsessed with, you're still has, annoying to do it. Every single job has some shit that's like, you know, I don't feel like doing this. It's more like I just don't feel right. like it's like work that's yeah. like the thing about work is like you have to go every single day, like even if you don't feel like it. Right. It's right. true. Yeah. <laughs> I love that quote. Right. Until I think once you I think you do reach a certain age where like you do less and less of the things you don't want to do. At work. I think it's almost like a rite of passage. I, At work or like in life. Like you know what I mean? Like if you like do really if you work really hard and you do really well, like when the older you get, the more like discerning you are about like what you do and what you don't do. I'm so excited to get there. Aren't you? Me too. That's gonna be like the best part. <laughs> All right, last one. Okay. Would you rather date a workaholic who could support you and your family really well, but was only around one day and one night a week, or date someone who made very little money who was always available to hang? Workaholic, for sure. Really? Oh sure. I okay. I like would for sure want a workaholic. I grew up with workaholics in my family and that that's not why I like it, but that's why I don't think it's like that strange. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that I would like find it very weird and bothersome if my husband was just hanging around making no money. And like, I, like, I don't want to hang out with you all the time. Like I want to do my own thing and I'd rather like us value our time together. We both do productive things during the day. Well, and you then can we still do together. whatever productive thing you want to do. Okay. Well, if I were doing that and my husband were sitting around doing nothing, I'd be really He's not mad. doing nothing. He's just not doing a ton. What's he doing? He's got like a nine to five job. It's just like, it's like but he's not always available to hang out. Oh, he's not. Okay. He's not always. Neither are you though. Like he like whenever you want to hang out, he's available to hang out. I'd still take the workaholic. I think I'd take the, uh, I think I'd take the other guy. I would only take the other guy if he was a stay at home dad. Like if he was straight up taking care of my kids. But if he's, work our he's kids. working nine to five, I'd rather, I'd, I, if he's like, if he's like not like really contributing financially, I'd rather him be a stay at home dad than me have to like hire a nanny and like the kids don't get any like care from their actual parents. Right. If he's, if he's not like making like, if he's not like doing a real job, like I, I, the way I see it is like one person in a, in a family has to like have a really legit job, like in order to cover most of the expenses. And then the other job is sort of like fun, optional, additional supplemental. Right. Like, but the person who like 
if if you can afford to like go without the like additional optional supplemental job i'd rather that person be taking care of kids see like strangely i'm not into the workaholic which you wouldn't expect from me considering my although maybe no it's because you it's because you want to be the workaholic because then you'll feel because okay i feel like you don't want that because you want to be able to say I, like it's my money I get to choose how we sp- how we spend and it because it's mine right right that's why yeah that might be a that might be the the actual reason I just want to make sure someone is taking care of our kids well and you know that could be him <laughs> that's fair all right well this was our money discussion if you guys have any input or any questions or you like the discussion or you hated the discussion or you think we're looking at it all wrong if you want us to send you some money we won't don't <laughs> we won't. worry if you want to send us some money, email us at slapdipbetches.com. Yeah, we'll give you our Venmo names too. Yes. Yeah. S-L-A-P-P-E-D at betches.com. Yay. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Betches.